Hello and welcome to another episode of Sam Green Race Engineering. I'm Sean Smith. He's Sam Green. How's it going, Sam? How are we doing? All right? Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, very good. Very good. You know who's not going well for? DTM and Audi. Yeah, not going well. No, not at all. So today on Sam Green's Engineering, we're going to be discussing uh, Audi's departure from the DTM, uh, where that leaves, obviously, them as a company, uh, their drivers, and also the series as a whole, because um, we have some, shall we say, slightly dire uh, predictions towards it. Yeah, it's not a good situation. Yeah. Not a good situation for DTM at the moment. So, um, where would you like to start, Sam? So, well, let's just, just have a brief overview of the situation DTM was in a couple of weeks ago. Um, obviously, they're not doing any racing at the moment. Yep. Um, but that, hopefully, will start to begin again within the next month or so. We don't know for certain yet, but you can see this series starting all over the world now. So we are getting there. Um, we are getting there. Uh, now, at the end of last season, the third manufacturer, Aston Martin, um, announced that they were leaving the series. Yeah. Um, now, they were run by our motorsport. They only had, I think it was three cars, wasn't it? But they were, they were the only team. Yeah, there was. Um, uh, there was no customer teams involved. It was basically Aston Martin gave them the shell and some technical help, but other than that, it was a privateer effort. Yeah, um, which is quite rare for um, for DTM. To be fair, normally the way we you have the factory teams and then you have customer teams who obviously get their parts and everything from the factory teams. Yeah. Um, so that let, but anyway, Aston Martin leaving has left them with uh, two manufacturers, uh, BMW and then Audi, which is obviously it's a bit of a hit for the series. But I mean, they've only lost three cars, and let's let's be totally honest, the Aston Martins weren't brilliant. No, and also um, historically, so it's not historically as well. There's always been like two manufacturers. It used to be before BMW it was uh, Mercedes versus Audi for years and years and years. Uh, you know, not not the end of yeah. the world. Um, and for a very for a little while we did have three, where we had um, Mercedes, BMW, and Audi, and that was quite good. But uh, it, like we say, not, historically there's been two, and that's fine. Um, but then last week, according uh, to last week, yep, Audi was it last week? It was, wasn't it? Yeah, um, it was the end of last Audi week. Audi announced that they would be pulling out. They would be pulling out of the DTM at the end of the 2020 season. Yep. So they have got this year, assuming we get going this year, which I think we will. Um, and then after that, that's it. Yep. Um, it's, that it's... obviously leaves DTM in a bit of a predicament. As a big touring car championship, they are essentially next season going to be a single make series. Yes, it's because it will be only BMW. It would be. It's very out the blue. This it's it's Audi, of course, won last year, the first year of Class One DTM. Uh, this sort of this uh, this grand coalition between them and Super GT, and it's very you know, considering how well they showed and how obviously I imagine how well this did for the brand, um, beating BMW and Aston Martin, which you know for little or worse, it. 
it's still been beating a premium brand uh you know it's for them to just say actually no we're wrapping this up it's um it's not only disappointing but it's also surprising more than anything else it is very surprising because they were very very well they won it last year it's not as if bmw have wiped the floor with them and they don't want to lose yeah because they are a very strong team a very strong car, and all the teams are pretty good. Renault Rast absolutely walked it last year um, in an Audi. Yep. So clearly the car is good. And um, yeah, for them to just go, well, actually, we only want to do electric racing now, is is not. It's it's very annoying. It's very very frustrating. It is um, I mean, from it's... a fan's point of view, as well as from a sporting point of view. Yeah, definitely. Because I mean, we've had the uh, the grand coalition, as we say, between them and Super GT, we had the the dream race, or the two dream races uh, at Fuji and Hockenheim yeah. last year, and you know Audi did well. Audi, they were really cool. Yeah, Audi did well. They did, and it was uh, it was literally us seeing the the concepts work in action. The fact that you could have these two completely different series uh, racing together. And in in Fuji's case, it was a brilliant race. Um, we ignore Hockenheim. Yeah, it was. But uh, yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was the fact that the the Fuji race was fantastic. It was probably one of my. I think we nominated it for one of the races of the year last year. Sam, and the dream race was definitely it was nominated. Can you yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, Josh, out a second. Um, yeah, so as we okay, say, yeah. it's. Um, it really is just ridiculous. Now, of course, DTM had this roadmap um, coming in the next couple of years. They were going to have their internal combustion engines uh, for the next year or two. That could obviously have changed with coronavirus. We already know. Uh, the hybrids were coming in in 2022. And then in 2025, they were going to go fully electric, as you, as you uh, said a minute ago. Um, now, do you, do you remember the... Uh, the line that's come out of Audi's sort of press release for why they've they've pulled out here as to what they're doing. Yeah, they essentially they want to focus on electric racing, which at the moment means Formula E. Yeah. Um, there is not really any other. There's a few in the pipeline, but none of them are up and going yet. Put it that way. Yeah. Um, which is I can understand why you would want to prefer one series over another, but like DTM is such a huge thing, especially in Germany, but all over the world. Yeah. Like compared to Formula E, I would have thought it would have earned them a lot more money in advertising, especially when, like we just said, Formula E has this plan to gradually go electric. Sorry, you mean um, DTM? It's just a matter of time. You can't just flip DTM, yeah, sorry, uh, DTM to go electric. It is just a matter of time before they do, and, and they have said they've established what it is. They have a plan, but you can't just change the formula so drastically overnight. No, um, for want of a better word, and they're trying to avoid the pun. You can't just flick the switch to go electric. <laughs> um, but it's just it is that one of those things. It doesn't make to me, a huge amount of sense, given what um, 
what DTM were trying to do anyway. Yeah, and also moving towards the way they were. Especially with um, the fact that Audi have been around for so long in DTM, you know, since more or less the turn of the century, uh, Audi have been a, a big player in DTM, and they've obviously shaped this rule set. They've pushed their agenda to uh, to incorporate this new sort of hybrid and then electrification of the series. Uh, you know, they're literally seeing the idea come to fruition, and they've just they're turning their back on that. That seems incredibly counterproductive. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and they've clearly invested a lot of money into the cars already. Yeah. Um, and the rule, as far as I'm aware, the rule changes um, weren't really going to affect the cars too much. It was just the powertrains. Yeah, it's just a bolt-on feature, basically. Um, yeah, so it would just be changing to that. And they, they have hybrid cars already. They have electric cars already. It would only be making a race-prepared version of one of those engines, which is not difficult. Well, is quite difficult. But, I mean, for Audi, let's rem let's just go back a, a, like 10 years or so. And who was it winning Le Mans with a hybrid? It was Audi. Yeah, exactly. They've always been good with a hybrid engine, um, especially in racing probably realistically ahead of the curve with it when you go back a, a bit further um al would know but i'm pretty sure they were the first hybrid p1 winner yep, at they were. the very least um and yes. yeah and, and highly successful yeah of course so they made their name with the e-tron quattro in 2012 i'm gonna say yeah r18 um it's yeah it it seems to be now we know that this really is stemming from the continued fallout of dieselgate that happened a few years ago which is the reason why audi aren't in yes. really any motorsports they've taken they've taken le mans away they're taking dtm and they've already as we uh, at the end of last year they really took away their gt3 program um so really yeah. audi only have uh formula e at the moment, now, yeah, which and, and even then, it's not really an Audi, is it? Let's no. face it; it's a Spark with some powertrain attached to it. Yeah, it's not, and even a... that, they're they're heavily restricted on what they can actually do. I Absolutely, think, right? it's, it... it's a very much a a plaster your stickers onto the car thing. You know, if unless you're a massive Audi fan, you wouldn't know if if you're a novice to Formula E, it's your first time watching a race. If there were no graphics, you wouldn't know that's an Audi. It, does, it doesn't scream no. Audi to you, to me. It just looks like another one of the cars. Yeah. It's just got an Audi sticker on the side. Yeah. Um, you wouldn't know. I that. don't even think they've got their own. They don't. They're not allowed to use their own motors at the moment, though, are they? They use the standard motor. Give me the battery. Yeah, standard battery, and then they put their own motor and gearbox on. I that's think, right. Yeah. They? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a. I'd say compared to the Le Mans car, for example, or especially the DTM car, which looks like a, a road-going RS5, sort of. Wow. Sort of. <laughs> In the way that the DTM always <laughs> has been. Absolutely insane aero, but yeah. you can tell it's an Audi. It's got the right grill, it's got the right lots to it, be the Audi. It has an way. Audi badge on the bonnet, therefore it must be, you know, <laughs> basically the same as the, well, the road car. Let's look at it Let's look at it a, a different way. If you looked at the three cars from last year, 
Yeah. You could quite easily, even if you debadged and de-stickered them, you could tell which was the BM, which was the Audi, and which was the Aston just yeah. by looking at the shell. Definitely. That was kind of the idea. You can't do that. If you had a de-stickered Formula E car, it's just a Formula E car. Yeah, it's exactly the same. And you can't there's hear no, there's, there's, there's no there's audible no way difference. Of telling. Yeah, at least with the uh, the Le Mans car, they no, had exactly. the, they had the diesel, the you other know, noise that they did um, compared to the screams of the Toyotas yeah. or the uh, quite flat natures of the Peugeots and the Porsches. Um, and obviously, it was so spooky. It was such a weird car. It was amazing. It was really silent. I still, I still, I still remember vividly in two thousand and seven, I think it was, or maybe eight, uh, hearing the R the R10 TDI for the first time. Just go, just hearing this, and then you hear whop whop over the um, the rumble strips. But I'm digressing. Um, the fact is that Audi have uh, <laughs> the Audi have had to basically they're being punished for Volkswagen's errors because I imagine because they're an equal partner in the VAG group. I yeah, you can only assume that this is it. But I mean, when you think about, there's no VAG group race teams. Really now outside of Formula E. Yeah, I mean Porsche have got. I can't think. I can't think of any. Yeah, I was about Porsche to say. Porsche are Porsche, I suppose. Yes, but they are slightly different. They they get they get away they get away with it. Same, um, as, the same as Lamborghini. The... You know, Lamborghini don't get tarnished with the Dieselgate brush because obviously Lamborghini don't make diesels. Um, but it's well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but yeah, but they the fact is that the brands who were affected were um, obviously. Volkswagen, whose WRC program doesn't exist anymore. Seat, who, um, okay, they've got their TCR, but they weren't as... The, mo unless you're a petrolhead like us, you might not guess that Seat are Volkswagen. You might not make the same. True. And Skoda as well. They're just about different enough. Yeah. Every Skoda have got the R5, I think, as well, haven't yeah. they? But that's about it. Yeah, Skoda didn't really have a racing program in the first place. But Audi... You know they're the pre yeah. the premium of that little family. Um, they they really are just taking the hit in terms of their motorsport program. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I, th I think realistically, out of VW Audi Group, in <laughs> other than maybe Porsche, realistically, Audi is probably the highest, the sort of the, the brand with the most motorsport heritage. Well, maybe Bentley I as well. Personally, I'd say oh Bentley. Yes, I'd forgotten about Bentley, but I mean. Yeah, so you got Bentley and, and Porsche, who make sports cars. Yeah, let's face it. Um, Bentley do the big cars as well, but they are primarily Bentley was the racing extension of Rolls Royce, orig very originally. Um, Going back to the very, very much past here. Very yes, <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, now they're part of that group. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's just very very disappointing, and we are digressing slightly. We are. Let's let's move on. Let's move on to the fact that this is really bad for DTM because obviously, as you say, BMW the only ones left. Aston and uh, and Audi aren't going to be there. So where does that leave the series? You can't just run the class one BMWs. BMW will definitely not. They've been looking for private for privateer people for years. They're, they're not going to field a twenty car grid. They're not going to. No, absolutely not. So absolutely not. So what the hell does that leave DTM? Um, I've heard in the news that you know something like a GT3 or GTE car might be the way forward, but compared to the speeds of Class One, which are as fast as LMP2 cars, 
how on earth can that can that be a justifiable uh, alternative? What you have to try and remember, well, I know we're speaking in very loose terms here, but DTM is a touring car saloon car championship. Yeah, it's not a GT car. So having Porsches and Ferraris and stuff in there would be very good for the spectacle and for the fans. I'm sure it would be fine, but it's not proper DTM. No, it's not. I mean, because DT- it should be saloon cars. Yeah, it should be Alfa Romeo. It should be maybe Opel, Vauxhall. Um, it should be Persia. Yes, that would be cool having Persia there. Um, but yeah, yeah, it should be Audi, BMW, and Mercedes. It should be. Trying to think of another brand now. Uh, I mean, that's that's it really. They're they're the big hitters. Um, so to have yeah, yeah so you you don't again. Those are all big boxy sort of nineties eighties saloons, uh, and in later terms coupes, but still not not supercars like a Ferrari four eight eight or a Porsche nine eleven. There's yeah, that that's completely yeah. Different, they were different. they were very much still executive cars. Yeah, because they've changed a bit as well. Let's face it. But they were more executive cars rather than hypercars or supercars Absolutely. like you see in GT racing. Yeah. And that was the idea. GT racing is supposed to be those supercars. Um, but, yeah, I, it, it would be one way to do it, to bring maybe the GTE in. Uh, but I think even GT3, they've got the Blanc Pan, they've got the Intercontinental. And there's... Other national series as well. There, there are so many. Yeah, yeah. There are so German many GT three stuff. Yeah, you're right. It's it's so overpopulated already. Then DTM would lose. You're it's... trying. I say you're trying to get into an oversaturated market. Yeah. By bringing GT three in. Absolutely. Um, um. So that's the problem. So now then we look at, you know, do we have a sabbatical from DTM, get their electrical stuff ready first? I don't know. Maybe a year early, 2024. But then you have the problem of ETCR, which is coming. Yes. Which are, I didn't know until Sean told me, uh, to be honest, nearly as powerful. Yeah. They're five, as, about 500 uh, horsepower. DTMs. Compared to, DTMs are about 600-ish horsepower. Um, Give or take, yeah. Bit, a bit more. Uh, to ETCR, it's about 500 and something. Probably with some... But it's smaller some, cars, generally yeah. speaking. Yeah, yeah. Well, you say that the Alfa Romeo Giulia is going to be in ETCR, and that's a saloon. That's where they should be in DTM. That's true. That is true. So, but the fact was going to go with this. So we thought initially that ETCR was going to be front wheel drive, like the normal TCR. But no, they're going to be rear wheel drive, five hundred horsepower. I mean, what really then is the difference between what DTM was going to be, apart from more powerful and with bigger cars, uh, compared to ETCR? There's it, it means that they've. They've entered a crowd. They can either go to a crowded market in GT3, or they can go to something which basically, again, is already being blocked off. Yeah, um, and that is very much the problem. And I think, I'll be totally honest, what I think is that um, they almost need to do something different. They need to go more, if they're going to go full, have a sabbatical, go full electric now kind of thing. Yeah. I think they need to go more down the electric sports car route rather than touring cars. So get the jump over so, GTE, for example. Yeah, so do the the Porsche um, 
Taycan, is it called? I think. Yeah, the Taycan. Their electric. It had that. a race version of that. It's quite a cool car, anyway. I'm yeah, I think lie. so. I, think I quite like it. Uh, and a race version of that would be quite good. You could get the Tesla Model, not S. See, why haven't Tesla? Why haven't Tesla entered any motorsports? That would be that would be excellent for them. I suppose. It well. There was, I do seem to remember, there was an electric GT championship that someone tried to get off the ground. There wasn't really enough interest in it because there wasn't very many electric sort of touring cars, let alone sports cars at the time. Yeah. Um, but now you've got all of these companies making sports electric cars. Why not give that a go again? I mean, someone like Tesla, I'm sure... If they're willing to pump money into something like SpaceX, yeah, why wouldn't they put a bit of money together to make a racing car? Yeah, um, they're having this kind of unofficial race with Porsche already, aren't they? Yeah. Um, when Porsche Porsche beat their Nordschleifer lap record for an electric production car, and Tesla went what? Oh, we're not having that, and so they upgraded some of their cars so they could beat it. Um, and that's an arms an arms race that needs to be settled on the racetrack. I yeah, think, realistically, uh, it's good for the it'll be good for the sport. It'll be good for um, it'll be good for the companies. It's more exposure. I'm sure Porsche and Tesla are fairly well known globally anyway. Yeah, but uh, which racing? Not for <sighs> racing, Tesla. Yeah. So this uh, this then asks the question: Why are Compared to this, if you say Tesla can definitely probably afford this, why can't Audi? Why are they choosing to be take this sort of short-sighted route of looking at the electric future, even though they've got that roadmap already? Um, it, it seems absolutely really short-sighted of them to have dropped this uh, this their homegrown concept, which is popular in their home country, which is their biggest, to my knowledge, is their biggest market. Um, it had a it has a global. Yeah. Uh, expansionism coming with the super gt you know if it if they really had worked out they could probably go to america with the super gt slash class one stuff you know that would be that would be and that's well there's no reason we, why they they couldn't and yeah they could and race in imsa we know we know for a fact that audis have a huge american market and they have a, they have a huge big market american they have a big market in the east so this is ridiculous from the uh from the top brasses points of view that there's it seems so short-sighted of them to have pulled the plug on this but you know it's a couple of million pounds per car i think we said wasn't it um because the private yeah is... the, the figure i found was two million cars two million euros per Same car thing. per season yeah is what i found yeah so uh, the privateers have said they won't be stumping the bill up on this which to be fair why should they um you know, well, it, yeah. It, it, we could make comparisons to the old Le Mans car uh, back in the R8 days before the R10, when the privateers picked it up. That's because the R8 was so dominant. You know, they were going to win. So why wouldn't they? Um, yeah, absolutely. But the the problem with the DTM is that it's it was the first year of this class. You can be guaranteed that BMW would be putting a huge amount of resources to win it this year had it happened, um, or if it happens. So there's no if yeah. So how can a privateer who have no they they won't have the R and D behind it they'll have they they'll be able to set it up properly but and I'm sure that the DTM would have made some concessions to uh, to allow the balance of performance. Mind you, I say that they didn't do that for Aston Martin. Yeah, I will. Yeah. So 
Well, yeah. that, if that's true, they kind of just said, well, if you're off the pace, you're off the pace. Yeah. But I think that's because they were having such a close race anyway that why why wouldn't they kind of thing? Yeah. So it then begs the question, yeah, um, why, why know, are Audi just... being so short-sighted? Because it, it can't cost them... Compared to F1, yeah, the, uh, Volkswagen Audi talk about F1 all the bloody time, and that would cost them hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions. Yeah, exactly. Um, F1 is the most expensive motorsport, if not any sport, in the world. Um, if they can seriously consider doing that, then why can't they be doing DTM? Exactly. It's, it Which seems... is, it, although it's, it's it's not a national championship, it's a European championship. Let's face it. Well, but, it's got the um, potential of going global. That's the point. Well, yeah, it could easily be global. Let's face it. And if it, um, it if it had gone, you know, bigger and better, as we've discussed in previous podcasts, that other series will become more interested in that that formula. Yeah, absolutely, and that is the way it works. The more successful it is, the better advertising it is for the brand. Yeah. The more cars, the more manufacturers are going to be interested in it. Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah, it seems very short-sighted. Uh, the other sort of problem here is the the driver market. So obviously you have the works drivers who are now going to be basically without a job. So we have Rene Rast, obviously. I think Loic Duval is currently in DTM. Yeah, yeah. Um, and plenty of other drivers who have been on Audi's roster for a long time. They can't go to GT3 now because that doesn't exist unless they go to Bentley or Porsche, which is feasible, but a Porsche Possible, and Bentley, but... they have their own drivers already. So it's... But yeah. Uh, and then... And Porsche have a lot of drivers, let's say it. Yeah. I mean, Renault Rast is fine because he used to be a Porsche Super Cup driver. He was the best one they ever had. So they'll take him back easily. I would imagine, yeah, and he is like we've said, uh, we've said it loads of times before. He's also one of the best touring car slash GT drivers anywhere in the world. Yeah, I think he. Put, so, well, I don't know. He'll between, find a drive between him. Rest is probably not the problem. Yeah, but the rest, the rest of them, yeah, they're they're screwed basically. I suppose. Yeah, uh, um, and I, I, this is the first thing I saw on this was when I was just one evening flicking through Instagram or Facebook or whatever it was and saw all of these Audi DTM drivers saying, well, what do I do now? Yeah. As if they didn't even know. That's the problem, is that we, we saw in a statement that the BMW uh, exec was very angry at Audi for the, the suddenness of this because they, they hadn't been told in the first place. They made reference to Mercedes when they left uh, that they'd had a full conversation explaining why why they had to be this decision had been made and uh yeah Audi apparently seems to have just cut the corner gone see you later and yeah it's very um, disrespectful um, uh, yes yeah, so i think that's the, the the key thing to take away from sort of the personal side of it is that even Gerhard Berger who's running DTM at the moment former F1 driver he um he didn't really even know from what we can tell. He was the one that told BMW initially. Yeah. Um, and even that was only a day before it happened and they went global with it. Um, it just seems like it was kind of a hurried decision that now because they've done it, they're stuck with the decision now. They can't Now, if they go back on it, they're going to look a bit stupid, let's face it. Yeah. Um, I, oh, it's it's very very weird. It is um, weird. Especially... It's very disappointing from Audi. The fact that the general respect for the other competitors clearly wasn't there. No. 
and yeah, they've. But, this is this is also BMW who came in to help the series. You know, they they've they've invested probably millions and millions. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, and equally, Audi have just they've they've they've, they've fucked everyone over. <laughs> they've screwed really, them over. Yeah, it's have, really yeah. it's really bad. It's and I I don't respect their decision at all. Um, so no. as I say, now now the problem is DTN. They the D, the series is now in very dire uh, um, situation. It's in a very bad place, isn't it? Yeah. It doesn't look as though DTM is going to survive this. This is the problem. They were down one manufacturer already. They had two left. That was okay. Yeah. Now that this there's a second one that is just. They're not playing ball anymore. I think this could well be the end of DTM. I think so. I think at it, least for the moment. Well, it, and then again, DTM has done this before. They have gone or gone away to come back, uh, which you know that's true. Might, it might happen. But I can't. I don't know. I, I really don't know. You know I'd like to think it would, but I, I, yeah, I don't. I just don't. I can't say. With the with the way motorsports yes, going, this is going to the. That everything sort of compacting and compressing, you know. You have T- TCR is basically its own thing. GT3 is the, is the standard for that sort of internal combustion cars, and probably yeah, hybrid, hybrid racing, down yeah. the line. Uh, the ETCR is going to is, yeah. is cutting off DTM's path right now, and then single seaters. You have Formula One and a very much pyramidized structure coming into place there, rather than say ten years ago when you had like ten or so series, all competing for the same. Yeah, lots viewership. of different series. Um, I really can't see where they can go from here. I really don't. I really well. The only the only positive really is for Chris because he means it means that the Super GT can can keep the Class One cars. And just yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if you're listening, Chris, it's it's basically your fault. <laughs> On that note, though, do we just as a side point now that they share regulations? Do you think some of the customer teams that were running the Audi? Do you think they might be interested in a Nissan or a Honda uh, or a Lexus or, or a Supra? Or yeah, they they could be. But what's the benefit now to the Super GT teams who are looking to come into Europe and the the, the more global market? Because what if if Audi and BMW can't be bothered to spend the money to go to them? Why should Toyota, Nissan, and the rest? Honda, um, why should they bother doing it the other way when they've had, you know, twenty or more years running Super GT quite happily in their own country? Why should they bother? That is true. That is true. They have got that long uh, prestige and, and lev- a high, very high level of competition yeah. just in Japan. This is what Chris has been arguing before. You know, why can't they just be left alone to do do their own thing where it's successful already? Which is, and I think now, now is going to outlast DTM. Yeah, which is um, it's ridiculous compared to the 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 hope and the the what's the word what's the what, the the potential that this tie-up has. Yes. Uh, it, it's just been thrown away by stupid decisions. I'm, I, I don't mean to disrespect. I like it. I like Audi as a brand, but this is an absolutely stupid decision as a fan and as a motorsport person who's watched uh, them and also the whole scene for the last like 13 years this is an absolutely ridiculous decision and i'm sorry but it's wrong so there yeah i i would agree i'll, I'll be totally honest um it's 
it just seems like it's very badly thought out. Yeah. It does. It was probably... I don't think it will have come from Audi. I genuinely think this is still all out from Volkswagen's mess up with their diesels. Yeah, it is. Um, and someone has to take the blame. And the motorsport division, which is clearly going to be... Um, like, I don't know how to phrase it really, but I suppose it's there's almost a scapegoat. Yeah, it is. Because motorsport is a scapegoat. As for we said, it's because motorsport. The, um, the the idea that the internal combustion engine bad, but <laughs> it's such a short-sighted bloody opinion. Oh, it makes me angry. It makes I, me th really I think so. It makes me really I angry. really think bad way to do it. Anyway, have we got anything else to discuss on this? Um, Apart from. No, I think I think that is about it. It sounds as though there's a child that's just been run over outside your window. Yeah, that that, that um, was unfortunate. Uh, <laughs> um, oh well. So, oh yeah. well. So thanks, neighbours. Uh, right, so I think that's going to have to do it for this episode of Sam Green Race Engineering. Um, basically, stay tuned. I think is the, the the general consensus. We'll hopefully hopefully we'll get some good news soon, but I very much doubt it. Fingers crossed. But maybe in a few weeks we'll do. DCM, an obituary. Oh, no, no, no. Yes, all right, we'll do that. And Chris will just be laughing all the way through. Go, oh, He'll this, enjoy that one. This is great. Anyway, that's going to do it for this episode of uh, Sam Green Race Engineering. Thank you very much, Sam, for jo joining me on your show. <laughs> Anytime, mate. Anytime. <laughs> um, and, yeah, we'll see you next time. Take care and goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>